Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Mr. Martini. How are you? Who's that? <laughs> um, so you were saying you've been listening to an, a book on Audible lately? I've been listening to our book. I know, Hacking the Afterlife Part 3. And um, I'm amazed. Like, I love all the great nuggets that are in it. Like, all the great ways. Like, I, it's just so interesting. It's very interesting. And I don't, it takes a lot for me to get interested. And really? I, I, it's challenging for me to listen to things that, you know, I just, I'm not a person to watch film that I've been on. Like, I don't watch her. Like, it drives me crazy. But your voice, for starters, is pretty amazing. Well, and I think it's pretty funny because in the Audible book, it's transcriptions of our sessions together, which we've been doing for a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. And then in the book, <laughs> I'm actually reading your voice, which is very strange because right. I have my voice and then I'm doing Jennifer's voice, which mm -hmm. doesn't sound like this at all, but whatever, was, I do your voice. It was very, um, I really, really enjoy all of the great things that have been coming through from the afterlife. Well, and it's mind bending because you and I have this ex same experience. We do these sessions and then time goes by, maybe months, year, and now I'm typing up the session and I'm listening and saying, what, what? what? And then sometimes something that's said in one session is repeated in another session with somebody else. We talked about that with Steph Arnold yesterday on Facebook. Right. But, you know, I did a session with Steph Arnold for the book Architecture of the Afterlife. And, and then you and I followed up on it. Or we had followed. Anyway, it was just uh, mind-bending. Yeah, it was about, the, you mentioned it because your dog showed up. And I talked about your dog. And then you mentioned Steph Arnold in it. And that I, is... I, and it, look, I, and I've talked to her and I, she's amazing. It was just really cool. And it is really cool. And of course, I didn't even know that you guys had talked to each other. So, she made the coolest sweatshirt with a unicorn on it saying awesome. Oh, oh that's so sweet. For both uh, our birthdays. My birthday is next week. I know. Super, I know. Super excited. 29. Oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Exactly. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, our audience is sitting by, chewing on their fingernails in pandemic land. They have their scars on oh and they're wondering. And so I invited a few people today, but as always, our trusty guide on the flip side, yes, Lana Anders, my friend for so many years, and now our friend for so many years. That just reminded me. Yes. Someone asked me, who was... So who's Luana? If they just get into these interviews, they're not really, they don't know Luana McLean. Yeah, sometimes I just go, Luana, come on in. So All right, well, let me give you a capsulized version. I met Luana at USC Film School. I'm a film director, and Luana was an actress for 30, I don't know, a long time. And she's done over 30 feature films, including Easy Rider, Shampoo, other movies, and 300 television shows. So if you watch The Rifleman, one Step Beyond, The Burning Girl. She was in all of those. But I met her as writers, and we worked on some scripts together. And we had a very unusual relationship because we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 10 years. 
And then 10 years, we were just best friends. It happens. And I happened to be there. I mean, taking care of her when she got sick from cancer and she passed in 1996. All of her friends found her to be profoundly spiritual. She had been a Buddhist her whole life. She had uh, inspired Tina Turner to join her in her SGI place. But anyway, she started showing up in dreams to me. And I not only recognized her voice, but I saw her as a younger person. And I started to think, if she can come and visit me, then she must be somewhere. And could I go there and visit her? And that took me about 10 years to figure out how to do it. Ultimately, I studied Buddhism because I thought maybe that was some kind of a key. Turns out to be a wonderful philosophy about how to live your life, but it wasn't a key into this journey. And it was when I was working on the Charles Grodin show where we brought on James von Prague. And this clip where this happens is on uh, the website martinizone.com where Charles invites James von Prague on to talk to some, talk to the afterlife. And we arranged for James to talk to Luana mm -hmm. without James knowing. Only Chuck and I knew. And the things he said on that broadcast were right on the money. And I talk about it in the books and flip side, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I met Jennifer, she started identifying Luana being over my shoulder. Yep. And, and as we sort of addressed what was happening, it was like people were telling us, that Luana was a source of their ability to communicate with us or helped them. So in Jennifer's work, she's already been somebody who had been speaking to the afterlife and spirit world for a long time. But this was different because they were specific people that I knew or that Luana knew that we would invite to come in and talk to us. And they would say, well, Luana, is helping. She's the one who's helping me to lower my frequency, to project images into Jennifer's mind so that we can have a conversation. And so Luana became our classroom instructor, a person who velvet rope person. Velvet rope person. And I've mentioned this before, but uh, Tom Petty came through one day and just after he passed, and, and I asked naturally. Why? What are you here to tell us? And before he answered that question, he said, you have no idea how difficult it is to get in to talk to you guys. There's like a line. And Luana's the person with the clipboard, like the VIP passes backstage. You can't talk to you guys unless you go through her. So hence the title of our book, Backstage Pass to the Flip Side, because Luana has the clipboard. Yep. And I met Richard. He didn't know I existed yet, but I listened to his book, um, It's a Wonderful Afterlife. And I loved it so much. And in, in, in his book, he says he lives in Santa Monica. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna re you know, search him. And I befriended him on Facebook and it was like the most exciting, I could not believe he said yes. <laughs> I was such a dork. I was actually at a Christmas party at the time. And I'm like, yay. And we ended up meeting the following week and that was all she wrote, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> And well, I was resistant, I must say, and for the audience at and large. You should be. You well, should. I think, you know, You're like, well, resistant I, to I, you, it's very difficult. Like, I'm not into that medium stuff. I'm no, like, well, I said that. I mean, I, I kind of said to you, you know. Small stuff. <laughs> well, 
in, in my limited knowledge of mediumship, I assumed that it was talking about the future. And what I had learned in the research I was doing was that the future is amorphous. Mediums can sort of see it because they could have likely outcomes, mm -hmm. but it might change. And that's why the prediction business is very difficult, problematic for a lot of people. So I just said, eh, but I said, well, what kind of work do you do? And Jennifer told me that she works with law enforcement agencies right. nationwide on missing person cases. It was really, honestly, it was like towards the end of the conversation. I was kind of thinking to myself, yeah, let's have coffee. Wait a minute, missing persons? And I realized I had been working on one missing person case for 30 years, the story of Amelia Earhart. So instead of getting off the phone, I said, well, how would you like to help me with one of the most famous missing person cases in history? And she said, why not? <laughs> and I brought my camera over. Sorry? I said, I have no idea what I'm capable of. Brought my camera over, turned it on. Camera doesn't lie. Jennifer knew as much as I knew about Amelia after 30 years of research of not public information. I worked on the film that Hilary Swank made, but from a studio perspective, I was in charge of all their historical content. I know more about yeah, Amelia I mean, than I anybody. And I didn't even know who the missing person was. <laughs> so, so it's amazing. And so that became a chapter in Hacking the Afterlife. And I realized, much to my surprise, my idiocy, that Jennifer can be like a cell phone to your loved ones. And if that's true, then why not take the opportunity to learn how to do that? And teach others to do it. And that's why I love about this work. Because more people, since the beginning of our work, more people are opening up. They're feeling more things. They're interested in that. Especially because they have a little bit more, maybe they have more time on their hands. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> well, but if it helps me with my own family, because when you're a medium, you can get, I mean, I can get everybody else's people. But it's challenging to think that I have my dad, that I can get my grandmother and my dad. I know that sounds weird, but I have an attachment to the outcome, so that makes it difficult. But I always know my dad's here during cl for class, and he's always showing up now before I even have, before we were even there. So, and I think that's a common thing, because most people that I've talked to, especially mediums, when you ask them about their own connection to spirit, they kind of go, well, that's not how it works. I, you ask me questions and I hear answers. Well, mediums have their own journey. How did they first hear spirit and who right. can they talk to and who are their guides? So, Luana. It, <laughs> yes, what did she want to say? I know, I said, Luana, she keeps showing up. I had well, two huge piercings, like people that crashed the, you know. Okay. When she wants me to stop talking. Go no, ahead, Lou. it was good that you did that because I, I realized, you know, my friend, my dear friend um, asked me, she goes, who's Luana? I love you and Rich, but who's Luana? I'm like, oh, we need to mention that. Lou, so. I should have a little frame up. Well, LuanaAnders.com. It's got all of her pictures and story in life. Yes, it does. And thank you, Lou, for helping assist us. So is there somebody that's tapping on your shoulder, Lou, or do you want us to go on talking about the work? You already talked to somebody or you had somebody in mind and then you decided not to this morning? 
Yes. Yes. I, well, here's the thing, Lou, I don't know if this person is ready, available, or interested. Oh. Okay, hold on. Ow, that hurt. Don't hurt Jennifer. I know, they, they do that to get my attention. Um, she's saying needing more, I just wanted to make sure I saw that correctly. Um, she says needing more time. Needing more time, very good. I, I, would as, I assume that was to be the case. Um, I won't say who this person is because this person oh. may come up in a future conversation. And if so, or this person, as Luana knows, is welcome to sit in and watch what it is we're doing. You can imagine you're on this side of the planet in, on stage and then you're not. And now you're off stage and it's disorienting. Where am I? What's going on? Maybe some friends are there, maybe your pets. And now you're aware that there is another reality that's outside of this realm. And then there's a knock at the door. There's Luana. They're all about it. So and a, and a whole freaking class of people standing around going, are you going to talk to us? Why? Or whatever. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. We did have that experience with Paul Allen when he, we, I specifically, and people can look this up on Martini Zone. I just posted the film up there. It's called Talking to Paul Allen, Dave Duerson, and Junior Seau. But when we talked to Paul the very first time, I enlisted the help of three of our class members, people we had already talked to, to help facilitate this conversation. So it's like they went to Paul Allen, who had passed away, and invited him into our class and because he knows them. It was like, okay, where are you taking me? And my first questions to him, Jennifer said, he's kind of looking at us like this, like, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know. I don't know if I should respond, etc. And eventually, we got him to talk to us. And right. what he had to say was pretty well, it was so she said that's why the frequent they're not ready yet, because that's why they crap. That's why I got that loud piercing, you know, buzz noise in my ear. Oh, okay. So that could mean a newbie wants to talk, not really quite sure how to slow everything. Right. You don't have to put it all in today's class. You can stole right. out a little bit of time and it's funny that she told me because i always I'm like did he say that he wanted to talk to someone she goes yeah but he took it back <laughs> but he took it back no but you said that like you asked you're like oh it's probably too soon you took it back that you wanted to talk to well i know I, I left it up to you lou that's my thing i'm i invite people i say their name aloud she says, and but i leave it up to luana if they're ready to talk to us we're happy to chat she said, in time. In time. So who else has been on our list, in our line, that wants to come forward? She just told me happy birthday month. Very happy. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Wait a minute. <laughs> when is it? Next one. It's Wednesday, July 1st. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. July 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 7, 1, 7, 1. Yes. Did I repeat myself? No. 7, 1. Yeah, you just repeated yourself. Just 7, 1. Uh, okay. So that means we're going to miss you on your birthday. Can we get the whole class to sing happy birthday to Jennifer? One, two, Prince. 
Oh, oh, that's funny because you showed up singing in my ear this right before you said Fritz. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jennifer, from everybody on this side and the other. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I love it. I love you clearly. That's <laughs> Prince. I Prince, know. the last time we talked to him, he said, start playing your ukulele. I'm like, why? All right. All right. Lou? So what do you, where do you want to go? Lou, we're turning it over to Lou. Lou, where do you want us to go? <laughs> she just showed me the universe. Okay. We can go anywhere. Okay. I got one. Let's talk to somebody that Jennifer and I talked to that Jennifer talked to briefly. This is somebody who is an author and a, a trance person, somebody who many years ago was famous for trances. And I had a conversation with him via another author. The dad of Ghostbusters, like the dad of the guy that was in Ghostbusters or wrote Ghostbusters. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, you mean like Dan Aykroyd's father? Or? Yeah, because he was also known. I did not know that. Oh yeah, lots of that's where he came up with the idea. Oh. His dad used to do seances. Dan You're Aykroyd. kidding, J Dan Aykroyd's father. Well, does he want to come forward? No. No, yeah. okay. okay. Let's go with the guy that you're talking about. I well, the guy I'm talking about, so we can skip down because we've already had a whole chapter about Edgar Casey. Oh, okay. And when I interviewed Edgar via a um, radio host in London, who I didn't know channeled Edgar when I did the show, but during the show, I asked him to talk to his guide and it turned out to be Edgar. But in this conversation with Edgar, he said some really unusual things. And when the book was finished, I asked Jennifer to access him to uh, give us a blurb for the book, as weird as that sounds. So Jennifer's talked to him. Yes, I have. And I'd like to ask Edgar to come forward because I do have some pandemic questions for him. Okay, the chill's really bad. Okay, go ahead. Edgar, how are you, buddy? <laughs> he says it's slow up here. <laughs> it's slow, okay. I, I, just remember. Find, I just find that interesting because it's not, but he's just kind of like, it's slow up here. Well, let's allow that to be what is- oh, 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 in the way that they transmute the information here. Okay, in the way that he, okay, hold on. He said, thank you. It's easier where I'm at to get information versus being over there trying to tap into getting them to listen. Very good. I also noticed that the syntax of what you reported Edgar, Sasing, Edgar Casey saying was very similar to his syntax when he was on the planet. Um, I've spoken at the house that you lived in in Virginia Beach. I've become friends with the guy. Or something with him too. I don't know. I, I know we Could just be. talked about parties with me, but March. But Edgar. So oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. The, you know the questions I asked you with through Kevin Moore, which one of which was, why were you so wrong about your predictions? Okay, I'm 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 trying really hard to make sure that I get this right. He says that there's something it has to do something with the time period. So thank you. The predictions are usually true, but they just don't happen at the time that he said that they were going to happen so just to clarify predictions that you made may have occurred as likely outcomes but in other realms and other other time periods he's other time periods even in another century so we've so talked I, about that nostradamus so but he had said that they were likely outcomes rather than outcomes that were going to occur. But that leads me to the next question, which is, why were you so correct and so right when you were in trance and talking about people's health? And he told us, told me at the time, that it was due to a council. Well, you just showed me a whole team above him. Whole team, thank you. I didn't mean to take it out of your mouth. No, but no, no. I, he, just me, he just showed me a group up there, and they all had different specialties. So it's like, it's like taking one doctor that knows how to do absolutely everything here. Like, so you're, so it's like taking all the doctors that do all the different special specialties, you know, eye doctor. Specialists, yeah. All into one, you know, so the whole council is made up of a bunch of doctors that had different um, specialties. All right, so here we go. Buckle up. Edgar, can we talk to some of your council members? we talk to your team? Yes. Okay. And Edgar, please help us to clarify anything that comes through. Would you? So how many people are on this team, this medical 32. A team? 32. Uh, 32. And could we ask a few to come forward, the ones who want to talk to us, who can help us? Not all of them, but just a few, a sampling. Okay, thank you. So it's like 32, but it's like six. There's something dealing with the, like, for instance, an archangel that has like a 10 people behind him or whatever it is. So that's- I understand. That's, so there's like six or seven core members. Yeah. And then the ones that would be are like assistants of assistances. Thank you. All right. I understood that. That's what you said in our interview in, that's in Hacking the Afterlife. Anyone can look it up. Wouldn't, didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know, you wouldn't know that because you weren't there. I interviewed Kevin Moore about this. So Edgar, let's go from left to right. Just pick the furthest one to the left and describe it, that doctor. Is that a male or a female? A light okay. or something else? Male, but hold on. Well, I'm not gonna judge it, but Jesus, was one of is one of the doctors in Edgar's thing. So interesting because he shows me the love or the lack of love cause, causes inflammation in your body. Okay, just to clarify, and Edgar, correct me if I'm wrong, clarifying, Jennifer saw Jesus yes. because he represents unconditional love. So when she looks over down this row, this one doctor represents that quality that she understands to be associated with Jesus. 
because this guy's a light, let's say. Right. But he could be literally the light of Jesus because that's okay too. But the answer to my question, which he answered without me asking it, is what's one effective way to heal people? And it's unconditional love. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. You guys are way ahead of me. So then he's already showing me like black lives, groups of people can be helped. Like groups, groups of people can be saved. So it's not individuals, love, loving unconditionally can save the planet. Loving unconditionally can save the planet. It helps people on all levels. But mm, wow. folks, I'm going to ask you a specific question and you can tailor your answers to this because this is, this is fascinating. But the question I have to place in front of you is the pandemic and this virus that is rattling our planet. Is there anything that you guys, I mean, aside from unconditional love, that's important, but is there anything that you can recommend anybody on the council? Hold on. Number three. The third person. Male or female? Feels more female. I don't know why Stephen Hawking's coming through. Like they're showing me Stephen Hawking and they're also showing me um, Carl, Carl Young or Carl Sagan? Carl Young? Carl, Carl Young. Or Carl Sagan. We do I, have a Carl. I know. They're saying Carl Young. Carl Young. Fine. Um, and let me clarify. One's a physicist, one's a psychologist. Are these two areas of healing that people can affect change or healing? Who is the guy that passed away that I'm not going to know that was an infectious disease? Because they mentioned, he said three, and that's why he wanted me to check. So those two, and then, hold on. Uh, not Jonas Salk. He was the biologist we spoke to. We spoke to him briefly. He was the one who gave us elderberry, aloe, Asai. Okay. All right. So let me just work it out. I don't understand it. Okay. Um, See if I the first thing that I'm feeling that they're saying is demographics, like demographically, like demographics. Demographics, um, meaning where people live. Right. Um, is that environment or country? You mean like city, urban, or countryside? or close in contact? Cities, hold on. Well, that's a given if you live in a populated situation. Sure. But that's all right. Let them try to work it out. And then they just show me touching everything, um, like railing, like touching things. Um, I'm like, we know how to get it. How do we prevent yeah. <laughs> well, he's setting up the answer. He's setting up a visual. I know, because I'm like, we know already. Well, mm. we know something. I'm sorry. Hold on. I stand. I'm stand to be corrected in a second. Um. Okay. It's so weird what I'm seeing, and I'm not going to be able to do it justice. It's almost like the virus itself isn't what's contagious, or what's, it's not, 
That's not what, that is not what is spreading it. The virus is, I don't know, I'm not doing it justice. That's all right. Whatever comes to mind, because we can unpack it. But right. let's add this part of the question, which is how do we prevent or help people not get it? Well, I'm, I mean, we had Jonas Saul came through and said, isolate, wash isolate. your hands. They showed me isolating, like especially older people, you have to isolate. Just don't even take the chance. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. And then, um, and anybody that has a heart condition. And how, so isolate, wear a mask, wash your hands. You're dealing with, with blood. Like, so you know how, say that again. Especially if you're like a stroke candidate, which a lot of people don't know. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me interrupt them. Sorry guys, I'm here. I, I get to ask the questions. I had this insight the other day that you take these supplements, iron and zinc and vitamin D, let's say. Uh, elderberry, as Salk told us, um, aloe vera juice, um, acai. But these aren't going to prevent necessarily getting the virus. However, it builds up the body's ability to fight off the virus. Is that correct? I'm feeling like anybody that has an underlying condition, it's still, you're still going to be contained. Like you're still going to. Still going to get knocked down from it. All right. Anybody else in our council here, these healing doctors that helped? For instance, people like, it's helping me, you know, it's helping my kid. Okay, wait, I have a question for them. Hold on. Good. But say it aloud. No, hold on. Oh, private. It's not private. I know how much you hate. Oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Jennifer is I getting lottery numbers from people on the flip side and not sharing them. Okay. So I'm asking the question, if we got sick before, which I've been sick, my whole family was sick, like back in November, December. Do those yeah, antibodies, I've heard this question, yeah. do those question. antibodies help? Yeah. Even if not the antibodies directly for COVID. Right. Would Having that, they said absolutely. Say again? Absolutely. So the people that have been not saying, they can't come out and say that in public. Well, obviously, I didn't mean you guys. But, and I have mentioned this to a couple of doctors and I'm like, yeah, if, you, if you've been sick, which I was sick a couple of times, again, my daughter was, my son was, and, um, hold on. That will help fight off even so the point being, if you've already had your immune system boosted by being ill, the boost of the immune system will help you fight off any possible infection. Because look, 80% of the people who get it survive. 20% get really sick and 5% don't survive. All right. So you've got more people coming over to the flip side than you had before, guys. Correct? What? Said floodgates. Floodgates. Only in certain areas, though, and a lot of them were coming over anyway. Do these people sign up for a lifetime where they knew this would happen, or was this a random event? They say lifetimes. 
What do you mean? Lifetimes they've signed up over lifetimes or all lifetimes? It, they're just showing me like the plague. They're showing me all, you know, oh, right. all different types of sickness. Like, so there's no. That's the cost entry here. You might and, get. And truthfully, we'd have to talk to an individual to ask them why they signed up for a lifetime. And their answer might be. It was you know, a, I, I avoided it in 1918, and this time I decided. It's an easy way out. <laughs> well, let's not give people an easy way out. They no, want to be here for a reason. Gosh, I forgot the responsibility we have. I did not mean that. <laughs> I, they're just showing me, and I said it without thinking. It's all right. That's why I'm here. All right. Edgar, what do you want to tell us about your, your guys up here? Now that you're... Are, do you help people here on the planet? Do you guys still do that? Or are you helping people on other planets or other universes? He just showed me beaming light towards so many people here. So, all right, like, so let's talk about that. How do you do that? How do, how do we focus the light that you have access to into our loved ones or ourselves so we can help ourselves? Healing light we, of the universe. We just ask. He just said. ask. Where does the light come from, sir? Is it come from your mind or does it come up from a physical place? <laughs> it comes from God. And is that a physical place? Yeah. No. So God meaning the consciousness of the universe? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to ask Edgar a question that I'm answering. In. And so if you, if we ask, if we ask a Buddhist, then it'd be Buddha. If we ask, you know, a Krishna, you know, it'd be God. I understand. So well, it's the same energy, the whole pool of light okay. energy, whatever well, I mean, in, that's yeah. what you come back. So well, that's, I mean, I'm just in terms of people trying to focus on, well, they could ask Jesus, let's say, right. if that's the connection. Right. So it's, every, there is. <laughs> Unless they ask Lucifer, but wait a minute. I'm like, I'm out. I said, is there any? They're he's, they're kidding around. That's why I laughed. Okay. I'm like, anybody that they can ask, and they said Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer, because there is no Lucifer. Correct, Edgar. Only in your heart. Only yeah. in your heart. Did you hear that, audience? There is no Lucifer. Only in your heart. Not out there, not a physical object or a person walking by. Sorry. Yeah, walking by. Not, doesn't exist. You create it. All right. Can I ask him why, why he's coming a couple times? Yeah. Um, Who? Edgar? Hi, Dad. Oh, um, you did? Hi, Jim. How are you? Oh. I need to ask my mom that. I think my dad knew about Edgar Casey, and then he showed me how he used to, he used to do some medit like either meditations or hyp hypnosis. For trance. Edgar yeah. would go into a trance and yeah. save lives. My dad would. So oh. hold on my dad showed me something. Oh, okay. Thank you. So he's showing me how, like, when you ask for help, your heart gets raised. Like you can almost like when you, like if you're um, doing a Buddhist meditation, you know, if you're doing meditation, 
your heart lifts and that it, that easily accesses accesses the same like he's just showing me the light going from here to here like around and so it's easy for one to ask for help we just forget to do so okay and just to clarify jim because your dad has been taking classes in astrophysics raising your frequency raising your heart yes yes is a way to connect to your loved ones uplifting your heart is a uplifting way your heart raising your frequency uplifting your heart through meditation through yeah. acts of kindness thank you he said that's that's exactly that's right but he's also saying that your loved ones are part of the god group <laughs> like part of the energy your loved ones are there to help you okay. i'm not same energy i'm just saying there's a frequency They'll well you can say that it's fine i mean but then we have to define what the god group is i mean is that like a band that's playing somewhere that we want to check out <laughs> well no i understand what jim is saying he so let's just call edgar's seven six or seven healing doctors from the universe a godlike group a group of higher energy avatars that help people or helped Edgar to save people's lives. He just showed us us that we're a godlike group. So whatever that and whatever you're saying, they're just Okay. Well I'm just saying we're raising our frequency to access what they have to say and that kind of mirrored or eleven eleven experience allows us to communicate and share things as well as heal. So in this idea of healing light of the universe is edgar is there anybody else in your group that wants to speak to us so we had the one person who talked about the jesus energy of unconditional love stephen hawking Hold on. and stephen hawking let's ask stephen what's up steve what time is it i'm kidding and i'm kidding <laughs> the time is always now steve what's up Hold on. It takes a lot to get the virus if you are. If you're what? If you are, it's basically simple math. Don't go out, you won't get it. Like don't, if you have underlying issues, don't leave. Uh -huh. Ask for help for people to come, you know. Um, he said he would have been dead for sure, which is, <laughs> but. Okay. Um, but is there an astrophysicist aspect to illness in general? Something that has to do with your specialty? Do I say that? It's like cleansing the planet. Hear me out, because I'm fighting with them over it. Don't. I know. They're like, it's like cleansing the astro the the part that you are mentioning is just the cleaning of the planet. The people that, you know, um pollution climate change all, all of that it. stuff all of it yeah, yeah. And are you guys concerned about us or is yeah. this just a day's work all rolled their eyes like are you kidding me <laughs> hold on yes all the time 24 7 they said oh and like, then i have to clarify is it the planet that they're worried about or us all of it okay i want to clarify something stephen and, I'm, and you're the perfect person to ask this to. 
and we referenced this a little earlier, it's that idea that if people see how you can communicate to people on the other side, if you see it and hear it, it makes it easier for everybody. Right. And my asking you a question and you putting the answer in Jennifer's mind, whether mentally, visually, or some other way, helps people. So you just said, you're concerned about helping us 24 seven, let's say, all the time. And people can access you, correct? Where they don't need Jennifer, they don't need me, but they can think of Stephen Hawking right. as you are, which is a healthy guy in his 20s, roughly. The biggest thing is they have to believe it. Okay. That's, that's, that's a given. They have to believe it's possible. Right. That's allowed. It's like anything. If you believe it's possible that you can make a great plate of spaghetti, you might. People can't see the coronavirus, but they believe it. So, that's right. So, Stephen, give us some insight into this connection of how we can use our mental acuity to access you, to get you to answer questions for us, please. That's interesting. He says it's easier for people to access the council mm -hmm. if there's a council versus just him, because if they, if, oh. which they can't, but people get caught in their head like, who is it? My uh. time is it? So he says, just access the medical field. Or, and if I may clarify and correct me if I'm wrong, sir, everybody has a council, each person on the planet. Yes. That council is connected to them at all times. Tethered is the word that, I've heard consistently. That council, that council is too. So, But I'm just saying our council, let's just start there. Our council is always tethered to us, always connected. They helped us plan our lifetime. They're with us at all times through all trauma, through all joy. They're always connected. By allowing that it's possible that you can talk to them, you're not thinking that's Stephen Hawking or Jesus. You're thinking that's my counsel, whoever that is, my guides. Can you guys help me? Is yes, that correct? That's correct. Because you just showed me people get so freaked out about God. If they knew God was everything, they wouldn't be so freaked out. Right. And But what happens is you get into this thing of does Jesus exist as a person, a physical thing? Is God a man or a woman or whatever? They get caught up in that as opposed to the concept, which is God is consciousness. Very hard to think about that as well. But we can physically think of guides. Yes. People that can help us. It's easier for us. Is that what you're saying, Stephen? It's easier. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not. So they just showed me with myself doing an event, how I would ask our class, our council, right? Right. And every time that I ask, I hit it out of the ballpark. Like, it's just amazing. But, and they, it's so let me clarify what you're saying, which is you go to an event where right. like 20, 30 people are in the room. And prior to the event, you set the stage, <laughs> ask them to come forward to help you. And when you do that, mm -hmm. you have a successful event. Always. So, Stephen. Successful, whereas there's, a, I think all of them are pretty successful, but I might not feel connected to it. I always feel connected to it. When right. I ask my guys, when I ask sure. for So Stephen, does this formula apply for life? 
in terms of things that we want to do or accomplish? Ask for help. Yes. Lita showed me, I made a vision board, believe it or not, my first one last two weeks ago. And they showed me, yeah, it's kind of like a vision board. Like you see it. If you know that there, the council's there, you can look on a vision board and see, ask your council. Like maybe put that, they just told me I should probably put that on there. Just as a reminder, because we forget to ask. We for forget. And listen, every week people go to church, they go to temple, they go to mosque. They speak to loved ones no longer on the planet. It's only when they hear back that they feel confused, frightened, or otherwise scared. Well, I used to tell my dad, well, let me get this straight. So you believe there's an afterlife, but you can't talk to it. Or they can't answer it. <laughs> or they can't answer. Yeah. He would, he's just going like this. He goes, yeah, I did. That was kind and of. And Jesus, our yeah. friend, our buddy, because we've had this conversation with him before. People right. ask for you all the time. And they run into you in near-death events or whatever. They're on the flip side and they run into you and they're like, oh my God, look, it's, it's God, it's Jesus. And sometimes you're the one who says, no, no, not now. Go back, go back. It's not your time yet. Yeah. But you still exist because you never left. Correct. That's the second coming. It's becoming aware that he right. never left. And that doesn't mean the second coming of the coronavirus. <laughs> right. Or the second coming of a bunch of guys with mitered hats and carrying poles around and scaring the heck out of people and chariots and fire and all, blah, all that stuff. I mean, just by this, by this, you know, this podcast today, like love really can conquer everything. Everything. If we're just able to like be able to conceivably know like know that with love with what you said before about love unconditional love we can heal everyone so what would be a meditation for lack of a better word what would be a medit and edgar Thank jesus you, anybody on the council you want to help did you talk to the 16th Dalai Lama? Is there something about the 16th Dalai Lama? No, that's me. <laughs> no, we talked to the 13th, right. you and I. We interviewed him, and he's also in uh, Architecture of the Afterlife. Hold on a second. Which is the Dalai Lama's higher self, okay. you see? Because Dalai Lama's here. He's the 14th. I knew that. Hold on a second. But, I mean, I'm just saying, so, like, the 13th, the higher self, is always back home. So is the 10th and 11th and 9th and 5th and blah, 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 just like us. So if there is no past, I'm not using this as an app, but they show me there is no past, present, future. Everything is all at once. Feels that way. So the 16th, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, so by the time we get to the 16th, what? I'm just trying to, I'm asking where the meditation is coming from, and I felt Buddha. I felt a very strong connection to that. Okay. And it's, again, it's that they keep showing me, it's so fascinating how they show me things. Like they show me that all the, the tethering of all, whatever you believe in or, you know, coming yeah, through. All religions connected, all part of the same garden. Yeah, same spokes well, spoke well. Um, okay, hold on. Okay. 
So you say, close, close your eyes, put your hands over your heart. And then think of your loved ones and think of the loved ones that you haven't, that you don't even know, like the loved ones that you don't even know. So they're trying to give you an infinite amount of people mm -hmm. to help. Um, what, notice your breath. And then go to your, thank you, go to your favorite place in your mind, whether it's the ocean, whether it's a park, whether it's with your ground, like go to your favorite place. Your, in your, your mind, yeah, construct that favorite place. Right, and then you can go back there over and over and over again the more that you do it. So and that's, then, so he's ask, answering the question. And ask, yes, and then ask for people to come in. Like That's for people to come in. Okay. There is a wonderful guided meditation by Robert Thurman called the Jewel Tree of Tibet. Uh, it's on audio tapes and stuff. And I think I have a clip online of him doing it in Tibet. But it's that idea of creating an environment, a beautiful lake, and you're sitting in a chair in this lake or next to the lake. And out of the lake comes this beautiful tree. And within the tree, you start to add the people that you most love and the people you're most connected to. So that could be Jesus, that could be Buddha, that could be anybody. That could be the 16th Dalai Lama. But you start to generate love or a white light, a beam of love towards that person in the tree, and then they bounce it back to you. That's the jewel tree meditation. And as you do that healing light, bouncing back and forth, you start to include on this tree people that you don't know so well, like the ones, like you were mentioning, people you haven't met yet, or people you don't like so well. That's why it's the jewel tree meditation. People you loathe, can't stand, because they need love too. You put them on the edge of this tree and you generate this multiplication of love towards all of them, and they beam it back. The ones you don't like so much, they're startled to be there. But you give them the same amount of love. And that meditation, you keep doing that, and then you narrow it back down to that single person that you generate that love to. And I've witnessed people changing after doing that meditation. I mean, somebody that you were meditating on that was mad at you suddenly calling you and saying, you know, uh, this thing that happened between us, I'm sorry about that almost as if you dialed them up on the flip side and changed their heart or found a way to do so. So that's the Jewel Tree Meditation of Tibet. Robert Thurman teaches it. You can find it online. But that's just an example of a meditation which we're asking for. But let me ask you, I know you have to run. The 16th Dalai Lama, was that accurate were they talking about the 16th and it's okay if they were but we have to unpack so let's unpack that because we're at the 14th so are you saying that by the time the 16th comes along something will change on the planet is that correct so that's a prediction of the future you showed me the veil just being lifted completely okay we you know yep. And fifty percent of the people will believe it, so it's not like. Well, that's okay. But that aside, and Jennifer and I have discussed this quite a bit. She hears from guides on the flip side that time doesn't exist. I hear in my research that time exists relatively. That twenty-five years on Earth feels like five or ten minutes over there. 
So it's a relative thing that we live our lives in linear fashion, but we once we're off the planet, we see them all in three dimensions. You know what I got earlier? Was make this your best life. Like make this this why forget all your other lives. Make this the most fun. That's very key. Very key. But also knowing that they happened allows you not to be so stressed about the stuff that happens in this one. Correct, correct. But if you had takeaways, one of the things I've mentioned a lot recently to clients and to friends is love. Love did you love well? Love and decently. We heard that from Will Shakespeare. That's a backstage pass. Love indecently. Love indecently, yes. That was Will Shakespeare gave us that. Robin. Love, love. Love, love. Love well, love indecently. So what we learned today from Edgar Casey and his crew is that love is a key element to healing on all levels and believing in yourself believing in the possibility of the flip side that you that your life you may have more than one you may have been here before and believing in yourself liking yourself is a key to loving yourself it's you can say love love but if you're not happy with the person saying it it's very hard to embrace that but if you can love or even like yeah like yourself then you can have conversations with yourself on the flip side your higher self yep this elevate your heart elevate your art and your heart yes is that it no how much more time do we have i have four and a half minutes who should we talk to have to go talk. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. How many? How many minutes? <laughs> We've gone an hour, and I have to go talk to my daughter right now. Okay. We love your daughter. We love you. Thanks, Edgar Casey, for showing up. Thanks to Luana for helping us orchestrate this. And if this person that I would ask for wants to talk to us in the future, this is what we do. We're not too stressful. We don't ask too many personal questions next time and Stephen Hawking you're always welcome and your buddy Jim is also always welcome and thank you for your insight always a treasure to hear something from the flip side yes